On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, if you can't spend time with yourself and love on yourself, the real question is how can you expect someone else to genuinely want to do that? I find that people often find people attractive and want to be around people who are in love with themselves. Comfortable, confident people, at least. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Our quote of the day. There is value in listening to the wisdom of your elders. I'm going to say that again for the folks in the back to make sure you caught it. There is value in listening to the wisdom of your elders. That quote comes to us from our very own Terry Lomax, also known as Pete. All right, so T, this is your quote. These are your words. So I'm going to toss it to you, and you can't toss it back to me just yet. Um, Okay, you knew what I was going to do. Girl, I love this quote. I know we were randomly kind of talking about this as we were preparing for the episode, but I love this quote because growing up, I was raised by my grandparents for a great portion of my life, and so I used to always sit like sit at the feet of my elders, whether it was in church or with my grandparents. And I gleaned so much wisdom from just humbling myself and listening to their stories, listening to their experiences. And I really do believe that I avoided a lot of mistakes or wrong turns in life because I really took to heart what they shared with me. So I am a fan of the elders. Like I'm rooting for the elders. I'm here for it. I'm here for the wisdom. I'm here to just be quiet and listen. But I think there's so much value and wisdom that we can gain from the elders. What about you, Dom? What does it mean for you? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you that there is so much that we can gain from the experiences of those who came before us, right? So I think what comes up for me is this thinking about what it means to be around 
those who have come before us and soaking up the knowledge and the wisdom that those who have come before us have shared, right? And it takes me back, as you were talking, it took me back to growing up and like being younger than 10 because my great-grandmother was still alive and visiting with my grandparents, going to Lafayette to see our extended family and sitting in that space with my great-grandmother and my grandparents and great aunts and uncles and all this family, all the adults. And the adults, at some points, they were speaking in French because they didn't want us to hear, you know, the, the gossip, the adult conversations, right? But then there were other points where there was, like, they were having these conversations and even though I technically wasn't supposed to be in there, I was still trying to soak up game of like, so we as a family don't like when you, when people do X, Y, and Z, right? What's acceptable in the family is to do A, B, and C. And and so even though it wasn't, the conversations weren't directed at me, I was still soaking up what the wisdom or judgment, however we choose to look at it, of the older folks in the family, right? So I was constantly in a space of observing, listening, and learning whether that was their intention or not. And so I think that's an important part of this conversation that we're having today is that lessons can be learned from those who came before us or those who come after us, those around us. And it can be a lesson that they directly teach us, or it can be something that we observe in the environment around us. You hit the nail on the head with that. So powerful, Dom. And I feel like, you know, we like to ground ourselves with these conversations and define the terms just to make sure we're all on the same page. And so what we want to do first is define what an elder means, right? Just for the context of this conversation, because it could mean something different for you, lady, depending on how you're viewing it. So Dom, do you want to share that definition? (laughs) Yes. So... Elder, so from an indigenous perspective, being an elder is not something that's defined by your age, but rather an elder is someone who is recognized because they have earned the respect of their community through wisdom, harmony and balance of their actions, and you see it within their teachings. And again, whether their teachings are direct or indirect. So an elder is not based on age per se, but because of the respect you have earned from your community, because of the wisdom, harmony, and balance of your actions that we can observe through your teachings. Beautiful. I love that definition so much, Don, because I feel like I've also gained so much wisdom from people that are younger than me. And so I love that this indigenous definition includes, it's not limited by age, right? Which I think is really important. 
So now when I think about just a high level, I want to say story about, or a story that kind of brings this home. One of the things I want to say first is that I think that all life experiences or let me not say all life experiences. I'm trying to, I'm always trying to be politically correct now. I feel like we're at the point now where the podcast is at a certain level where it's like, okay, are we going to get canceled if I say this? So I'm trying to be mindful of my words. So what I'll say, lady, is that there is value in our life experiences, right? Yes. And I understand that there are times when the mistakes we make, they do serve us. And I've made plenty of mistakes. I've gone down the wrong path plenty of times. And I understood looking back on that, that, oh, hindsight's twenty twenty. It makes sense. I'm grateful for the experience what I've learned. However, although I didn't always listen to my elders, there were some critical moments in time that I did listen and I was able to avoid heartache, terrible financial situations, like so much because I did listen. And one of the things that comes to mind for me is putting someone's name on or, or signing for someone, right? Whether it's like an apartment, a car. I've had a couple people ask me that over the years. And I probably would have said yes because I was, you know, I'm recovering people pleaser. So I probably would have said yes before. But I feel like that was something that my my elders were like, Mm-mm, do not Don't do it. sign no lease, no nothing for nobody. If they can't pay for it themselves, then pray for them. Like, that's it. Pray for them. And I, yeah, it's like, now looking back, I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't sign on that document because that person is so irresponsible. So it would have been me that would have been in this financial mess. So that's just one example. I know we're going to dive into some points, but that's just one example where I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I listened. <laughs> hey, lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We love you for real. And we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So Tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business, brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel, and throughout your day and week, you are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay! We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. We've been great stewards of our platform, all while working full-time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you up-level your life. So if you love our mission or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon. And we highly, highly encourage you to join the Sister Frontier so that you can get some one-on-one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, 
herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. Nah, that's a great example because what that makes me think about are what comes up for me out of that is thinking about how it's important to pay attention to the behavior of the person before you agree, whether or not you agree to do something like that, right? Because on the flip side of that, I think about how I had to take out student loans for graduate school. My mom didn't have the credit. Her credit wasn't good enough to help with that. And so my grandparents co-signed for me to get, like they co-signed on like a parent plus loan for me for graduate school, right? I had I didn't really have bill paying experience per se at that point in life. So they were really taking a risk, right? And they was taking a risk on your girl. However, it was also education, which is something that they value. And so I and so to me like that that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And but then my first car. My my grandfather helped out with that. My grandfather co-signed on my first car with me. Again, no demonstrated experience of paying any bills, but he helped me out, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a huge that was a huge lesson for me in maintaining trust. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Because there were times when I need to pay the money to pay that money. But to figure it out. And I had to have a conversation with my grandfather and be like, so, yeah, I don't have that money for this month, for the note this month. What are we going to do? Or what am I going to do? Help me figure it out. Right. I don't know, Dom. I was going to say, I feel like that goes back to the wisdom of the elders, though. Like they saw something in you. They believed in you enough. Because let me ask you a question. Did they sign a parent plus loan and get a car for all the grandkids? No, exactly. exactly. So they were using their, their elderly wisdom of like, we know Dominique. Oh, yeah, she's going to be something like you may have missed a couple months. But like, I think they saw something bigger in you. And I think that goes back to the wisdom. Like the person. I was going to sign for hell to the no, hell to the no. But you, you was different. So that's just that's just my two cents. <laughs> but that's real though, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the that that's the juxtaposition that we can find ourselves yes. in at times, right? Is yep. how do we know? How do we know? All right, y'all. We're gonna dive into our first official lesson, and this one here is it can be. It can really just cover so many different topics, but it's a body in motion stays in motion. And for me, Dom, a couple of things come up. One, I think about working out and I've heard, so my trainer, now I've been going to the gym almost a year now. My trainer is, I think he's like 61 and he is ripped, ripped. Shout out to Sam. Sam is ripped. I mean, back crazy abs, all that. Sam is ripped and he's 61 and he's so active, right? He's been super active most of his life. And he has friends 
and family members who he grew up with who are all, you know, around the same age and they don't look nearly as good as him, but they're also not very fit. They're not healthy. And a lot of it goes back to just staying active. Like when you, when I think about working out for me now, it's not, although I do have like a certain body goal that I'm trying to get to, like there's a certain look that I want to have. It's also about health for me. Yes. And I told my trainer when I first started, I said, I want to be a MILF and a baddie when I'm 75. And so, sure. yes, I feel like, mm-hmm. come on. And so in order to do that, I don't start when I'm 74. I have to start now. So it becomes a lifestyle right. so that it's, it's easier to maintain. And so that's the first thing I think about when it comes to that particular piece of wisdom. The other for me is college. So lady, I know this might be a, you know, it could be a sensitive topic for many people, but this worked for me in my experience. So just to give context, my dad passed away about a month before I went away to college in our hotel hotel room on a family vacation. I had to make a decision whether or not I was going to go to college. And I decided to go because I knew that it was my ticket out of poverty. So for me, education and my degree was everything. And I remember when I graduated, or really when I was in college, honestly, before I went to college, people were like, just go. Like, just go. Even though you have, you have all this stuff at home, there's nothing at home for you. And I ended up going because I was like, okay, this is my ticket out of poverty. There's literally, there literally is nothing at home. Like there was no positive motivation, anything that would help me, you know, achieve my goal of being financially free and living the life I wanted to live. And so I ended up going. And then when I was, you know, near graduation, they were like, Hey, don't take any breaks. Don't take a gap year. Just go get your master's. And I was like, damn, two more years of school. Okay. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm already in the swing of things. I'm already, you know, my mind is already sharp because I just graduated. Like I might as well just keep it up. And it was so much easier. But let me tell you something. If I were to leave, I know myself well. So if I were to take that break after my four-year degree, I probably would not have gone back. No. Because I already stopped oh, and I was working. You. you feel me? I was getting money. My mindset was, I wasn't in the school mindset. I was like, yo, I'm done with school. Like, that's it. So when I was able to get my master's two years later, I was like, six years, I'm done, done. Like, I'm good. And so that was it. So for me, a body in motion stays in motion. That is the word of wisdom that worked for me when it came to um, working out and being fit, but also my education. What about you, Dom? I love that, that that body in motion stays in motion because it does make me think about when you said that what comes up is the lessons that we learn from the elders and or just people around us in general. And what I observe is, yeah, the people who stay active mm-hmm. continue to have healthy lives and stay yes. active for a long time, right? Like I think about I was working at a university and there was someone there who had been there for decades and was still like in his 90s, still showing up to campus, wasn't teaching any classes at that point anymore, but was still showing up to campus every day. And it got to a point where somebody, I think, started to have to drive, like his wife, I think, or daughter, somebody was driving him to campus after a few years, but he was still coming to campus every day. And to me, the lesson that I'm taking from that is that like, 
there are a lot of 90 something year olds who are in nursing facilities, nursing homes, you know, a lot of people don't even make it to 90. And I, I think that he lived and he lived to be over a hundred. And but part of why he lived so long was because he stayed Right, like he was constantly, he was constantly getting up and moving, and he had purpose. Right, he had something that he was doing every day, and you can see how a person, or I've seen how a person's health declines in older people, how their health tends to decline when they retire and they aren't active. Yes, Dom, that's powerful. It makes me think about the pandemic too, right? Like when we were all yes. stuck. And I mean, how, yes, how you saw so what happened. Our, yes, Mental yes. health, suffering. I feel like we should change this to a body or spirit in motion stays in motion because it, it's really yes. about your spirit and your body, right? Okay, yes. that was good, Dom. That's so inspiring too. 90 years old, still coming to campus. That's so beautiful. Yes. And I think <sighs> the beauty in that too is recognize. At my big age, I can recognize the beauty in that, right? Yes. But what I would encourage younger folks is for them to see the beauty in that too, right? To not look at it from a thing of, oh, he's so old and why he got to be, why I got to take a class with him and he's so, use it to your advantage to yeah, they might not be up on the same technology. They, there's a lot of things that they might not be doing. But you're witnessing something beautiful of seeing that man at nine years old still being able to come into the classroom and drop game. And so you want to be able to pick up that game, even if the delivery is not via chat GPT or whatever new AI you are used to having, right? Real quick, though, I feel like we need to do an episode about just respecting elders because I feel like when I was younger, there was a great appreciation for the elders. It was a great respect for them. And they have so much game. And the last thing I want to say, speaking of what you just said, is it's the young people who might have made those comments. Like it would be a blessing for them to get to his age. And if you keep on living, you're going to get old one day. So be humble, be kind to the elders, even though. You know, like you said, the delivery might be different because you could be there one day and you would want someone to be patient with you, right? When you're struggling with the new technology, whatever it's going to look like 50 years from now, you know? So it is a blessing. That's dope. Yes. So then we're on to our second lesson. You'll be happiest when you live in your truth. When I think about that particular lesson, there are so many examples that come up for me. But what I think resonates most about this is that when you live a life that you are no longer living in shame or guilt or judgment for who you are, whoever you might be, that is when you can be your happiest, right? So I think about people who want polyamorous relationships, right? I think about women who 
intentionally want to raise a child by themselves. I think about people who don't conform to any tra- any societal norms that are viewed as quote unquote traditional or anything that fits into a cisgender heteronormative way of existing. Anybody who steps outside of that for any reason, that's living in your truth. And that's when you can be, hopefully, because I also want to acknowledge that there are societal and systemic issues that keep many of us feeling oppressed. But in general, you will be happiest on the individual level when you are in a space where you are able to live your truth. That is so true, Dom. It makes me think about just like, lady, as you listen, think about where can you be yourself? Like think of those spaces, right? Those friend groups when you can truly be yourself. You don't have to put on a front. You don't have to put on a different voice because we know in some settings we talk a little different if we cold switch mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I think about the the friends, you know, the friends and family members that I have where I can just be my authentic self. And it feels so liberating because you don't have to wear a mask. You can literally just, I can be my quirky, silly self and no one's judging. They might be laughing, yes. but they're laughing with me, not at me. Like it's a good vibe, right? So I love that. Mm-hmm. You'll be happiest when you live in your truth. Mm. Beautiful. All right, now this takes us to number three, which is comparison is the thief of joy. Law, don't we know it? Comparison Mm. is the thief of joy. I will say this I feel like social media is the space right now where a lot of people find themselves comparing their lives, the way they look, all the things. I have found that when I am off social media, I'm often happier. Because I find myself in that same battle of like, oh, I'm good. Everything's good. And I start scrolling down. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh-oh. I'm comparing myself to someone else. And then you didn't scroll down like 30 minutes have passed. And it's just, it can be, it can be toxic, right? It can be discouraging yeah. and deflating. And so I think there's just a lot of mental work that needs to happen for us to realize that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves. We all know that, right? But like, what are we doing to actively combat that? But yes, comparison is a thief of joy. Yes, it is. And, you know, and I'm with you. I think that when social media has plays a huge role in us comparing ourselves to other people, but also the comparison happens outside of social media as well. Right. I think about in the workplace. Right. You're looking at you're comparing yourself to your colleague who your same level peer who is getting promoted and you're like, hold on. How is it that she's getting promoted and we're in the same level position doing the same thing? And there may be legitimate reasons why you need to look into that and investigate, right? Because there's racism, there's sexism, there's all the isms that could be at play. And you might also be in a space where you are comparing apples and oranges. Her getting that promotion may be keeping you in a space where 
now you're like, I'm not, I don't need to be in this job anymore. Maybe I need to start looking elsewhere. And you start looking elsewhere and you find yourself landing the job that you always dreamed about. But while you were over here, focused on not getting the promotion like Keisha got, you might have been blocking your blessings or missing out on a blessing. And so I think for me, the, the takeaway from that really is to pay attention to what's happening in my own house, in my own space, in my own body, and know that what is meant for me will be for me. And when I am sitting here and thinking about why I'm not doing what Keisha and Monica and all them, everybody else is doing, that has now taken the focus off of me. And I find myself not being in a space where, where I'm happy, right? I'm no longer happy. And so now all my joy is out the window. So don't let comparison feel your joy. And let the church say amen. That takes us to number four, right? Yes. Self-love is the best love, right? And for me, when I think about with that, there are several lessons that come up for me in in a few different ways. Mm -hmm. But what I take away most from that is that you have to love you before you can expect anyone else to love you because how will you know how to communicate what or understand what love looks like if you don't love you mm -hmm. right and so it's looking at it from the perspective of when i think of elders right or, and you know so those who have the wisdom around this topic, like I think about recognizing that there are times when you are allowing things to happen to you because you are not at peace at one with yourself, right? That you are not and so you're in a space where you're accepting things into your life that aren't really healthy for you because you aren't in a space of loving, loving yourself. Because again, when you know how to, what it looks like to love you, like when I'm clear that one of my, like my top love language is quality time. And I am clear about how, what that looks like for me. So for me, that means quality time with myself, right? That's huge. And that's how I know quality time is my love language because I prioritize having some downtime for myself, right? Having time with myself every day. 
But so then I can communicate to others around me so that they know that quality time is my love language. I was going to say, okay, first you talked about quality time being your love language. How do you know that? Because you spend time with yourself because you have a relationship with yourself. And when I think about this, this lesson, right? Self-love is the best love. It goes back to how we treat ourselves because we are an example. Like how we treat ourselves is giving the world permission to treat us the same way. And I remember when I was struggling bad with low self-esteem, I was putting up with bullshit in relationships, letting people talk to me crazy, call me names, like whatever it was, like I was letting them do it because I was already doing it to myself. And so it was familiar. And I'm like, okay, you, you know, said I'm a raggedy, blah, blah, blah. Well, I was already saying it inside. So this, this is, I'm just, I'm at home right now. Like this is, this is my comfort zone because I'm so accustomed to the internal dialogue that's saying the same thing. But when I began to raise the bar and spend time with myself, fall in love with myself, set a standard for how I was to be treated, then other people had to fall in line. So we really do set the standard for how other people treat us. And if you can't spend time with yourself and love on yourself, the real question is, how can you expect someone else to genuinely want to do that? I find that people often find people attractive and want to be around people who are in love with themselves, comfortable, confident people at least. Right. Yes. I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying like a self-obsession in like a egotistical way or anything like that, but like a healthy love for yourself. You like you like yourself. So it makes it easier for other people to like you as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think as you were saying that, what comes up another piece of that that comes up for me in terms of what I observe in the elders or in those around me is that the people who this goes back to that second lesson of like, you're happiest when you're living in your truth, right? Mm-hmm. That like the people who were comfortable in themselves, whatever mm-hmm. that was, right? That was because like, those were the people that tend to be the happiest because yeah. they knew what it took to love on them. Exactly. They knew. And what loving on them meant was like, that often meant that they were advocating for themselves. Like they asked for what they needed or demanded what it was that they needed for themselves. They set boundaries, even though some people might have interpreted that as, oh, so-and-so don't take no shit. So-and-so is setting boundaries and you don't like it. And now they have to advocate for themselves and uphold their boundaries. And that's self-love. And we might not have called it that back then, but that's what it was. Okay, Donna. And I must leave. <laughs> in there. Though, oh, yes, yes, yes. Piece. I got one more little yes, thing to throw in there, in there. that we don't there. often talk about. Mm-hmm. That we probably need to have a whole episode about, but eat. Masturbation. That's another form of self-love, right? And I think this is going to be controversial, but not shaming people for masturbating, right? And as long as they are doing it in safe and appropriate ways, 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So we're not on the New York subway just having a go at it. We just mm-hmm. not know yes. that's inappropriate, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> People. But I think about little kids. Mm-hmm. And not shaming them, but teaching them what's a healthy way for them to explore their body. Because if you start shaming them, then that leads to lifelong shame around their body. And all kinds of other negative health effects, right? And so I think about this other self-love piece of, it's okay to masturbate, girl. Go on Mm -hmm. ahead and do you. Rub one out. Yes. Okay, we got we're gonna have to have some shirts coming out soon. <laughs> Rub one out, lady. Rub one out. <laughs> oh, that's good. No, that's that's good. I agree with you. I agree with you. And that takes us on to number five, which is like an extension of self-love, right? It's yes. okay to walk away from a relationship that is no longer healthy. Now, here's the thing about this. I Never mind. I was going to speak for everybody. Let me just speak for myself. I know in my life, when I have been in toxic relationships, I saw the signs. I saw the red flags. My intuition was like, girl, what are we doing? Like, leave. People around me, family, friends, noticed that something was off. But I wasn't ready to leave. I was trying, I, I actually had something to prove. That's, that's what my thing was. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, I got this. Like I wanted to show them like, no, I got this. And so I stayed and, oh, I suffered. I learned, but never again, like never again, is that going to happen? Right. So I think just realizing that, I mean, I've seen so many amazing, strong women, Dom, who went from a situation where they were dependent financially on their partner and it was very scary for them to leave. And they did it and it all worked out. It's possible. You can do it, lady. Even though it may seem impossible, so many women, so many people before you have done it. I think about women who have left toxic, abusive, manipulative, narcissistic partners. And we know, lady, as you listen, you may know someone who's done it. And trust and believe that if they did it, you can do it too, right? I came across an old message. I I may have shared this before, but I came across an old message from an ex. It was like an exchange that we had had when we were together. And it was like randomly in my Facebook messenger. You know, you have like the, I don't delete Mm -hmm. a lot of my messages. So I have like a running list of all the old things. And I remember reading the correspondence and I felt so heavy. Like I felt so overwhelmed and so heavy because it took me back to that space that I was in mentally when I was tolerating a controlling toxic, you know, manipulative, emotionally abusive partner. And I was just like, damn, like I've come such a long way. But just that energy and the message impacted me so deeply, even though it was years down the line that I saw it. And it just reminded me that it's possible to leave. It's possible to walk away. You can definitely do it. There is life after that relationship, but it just requires support sometimes, requires taking the leap, taking the step, right? So yeah, that's a powerful word of wisdom for sure. And I, you know, and I also want to add to that, that lady, if you are listening and you are in a situation that feels unsafe or feels dangerous, that it is okay for you to reach out for help. And we will provide some resources in our show notes 
so that you can get the help and the support that you need. And we want to recognize that walking away from any type of relationship that is no longer healthy is extremely difficult. But we also want to emphasize that you are not alone. That there are many of us who have gone through this before you and are ready and willing to support you. And I think about how we respond to those who are going through these situations, right? Who are going through, who are in unhealthy relationship dynamics. And it can be extremely difficult to be there with those folks, right? And, and so, lady, if you are a friend or a family member of someone who is in an unhealthy relationship, it's also okay for you to set your own boundaries, to protect your own peace in regards to that person in their relationship. That you have to think about your own capacity and recognize that, you know, if I think about the cycle of violence and how difficult it can be to leave a toxic or dangerous relationship and how if you are that family member or friend who is observing it, there may be plenty of times where you want to help, right? And you see all the signs. And you've said, it's oh, like, I see all the signs. This is not going to end well. That that person is probably not going to listen. And it is okay for you to set your boundary and say, you know what? Here is my capacity to be able to help you. And for that person to know that's where your limit is in terms of you being able to help. Right. But if you're that person who's in that relationship, again, I can't stress enough how it it, it will be okay. And I want to be clear that that's eventually. Like, I want to be realistic that a lot of people circle back to that unhealthy partner or that dangerous situation for a number of reasons. And chances are, when you're in an unhealthy relationship dynamic, and there's, a, there's levels to that, to being unhealthy, right? But chances are, if you are invested in that relationship, Chances are you are going to walk away and come back multiple times before you finally walk away. And I think it's important to stress that because there's often a lot of shame that circles back to or that comes up when you decide, like you leave and then you circle back, right? It happened. Like, I know I did it. I had an unhealthy relationship that I was in and we broke up and got back together and broke up and got back together multiple times before the relationship finally ended. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. But I think the the other piece of that takeaway, right, is that you do have people who are there to support you. And even if they set certain boundaries, they are still there to support you. Use that support, right? And so we, we've talked about that, about it's okay to walk away from a relationship that is no longer healthy from a romantic sense, right? I don't know about you, Dee, but they're, they're, they're work relationships could be unhealthy girl, too. Girl, yes. We've heard about the toxic work environments. Absolutely. It goes for the workplace, goes for family, parentals. Yes. I mean, like... Friends, all the things we have episodes that talk about it. Yes, we about do. About how yeah. to leave, how to leave that work environment. Yes, how to set the boundaries with a family member. What it's like if you don't have a good relationship with your mother. Mm-hmm. Like, so we have episodes, lady, yes. that talk about all of those unhealthy relationship dynamics, and it's okay to to leave those. It's okay to leave them. We also have an episode that talks about when you're the toxic one. Because sometimes it be us. Sometimes we we be the ones. Causing the right problem. here. Exactly. Been, the been there. Mm-hmm. Been there. Still, still mm-hmm. work in progress. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But ooh, this was definitely, wow. We got to get ready for the after show. But this was a lot. Though I think a, ooh, you really killed that last bullet point too, Dom. Like the last lesson that we covered. So many words of wisdom. So much encouragement there. So I think this is a good time for us to circle back and do a quick recap, ladies, so you can, you know, take your notes, get your mind right. So the five lessons that we've learned from elders, the first one is a body in motion stays in motion. The second one is you'll be happiest when you live in your truth. Third one, comparison is the thief of joy. The fourth one, self-love is the best love. And the fifth one is it's okay to walk away from a relationship that is no longer healthy. All right. We're going to hop on over to the after show, ladies. So we hope to see you there. And just a quick little tidbit. You can also get an ad-free listening experience on Patreon if the ads are bothering you. Because we got bills to pay, girl. So come and join us on Patreon, okay? All right, lady. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at herspacepodcast.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am worthy of what I desire, period.